All right, we are back here on this June the 2nd, 2023 edition of Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. We are so thankful that you guys join us every every weekday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. It's a blessing, it's a joy, and it's an honor, and we're humbled by the um, permission and the ability to have your ear for those times to be able to share the Word of God and share the heartbeat of what we believe the Father's doing in the earth today. I believe one of the greatest things we talk about this often is turning the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the Father. I believe he's bringing a multi-generational move into the house. I believe that age is um, age is significant in some things, but in the kingdom there is no junior Holy Ghost and there's no senior Holy Ghost and there's no main church, little church, big church. It's just the church. And um, I believe one thing that God's doing is equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And that may look at different ways. Um, am I saying we're going to put 11-year-olds in positions of pastors? No, I'm, that's not what I'm trying to say. What I am trying to say is that God can use anybody that he wants to. And anybody that's willing to make themselves available and say yes and amen, I believe God's willing to use that individual for his glory, his purposes, and for a move of God to hit the earth. Amen? Amen. Miss Hannah, how are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm doing all right this morning. It's, it looks like it's going to be a pretty day. It looks like it. I thought it was going to rain yesterday. Um, was out there. On, well, I got stuck in the rain. What was it? Wednesday? It was poured. Yeah, yeah that was bad. That I was got, unexpected. It was unexpected. I got stuck there on the tractor. So whenever uh, yesterday started to sprinkle a little bit, I was like, uh, maybe I'm going to go in this time. <laughs> But it didn't come. Well, but. I found out that um, Jamie had been singing Let It Rain before that happened. So. Tell her to watch <laughs> watch what she says. All right. <laughs> she was worshiping Let It Rain, and then it started raining. Well, she needs Have to be careful. Have you ever had that happen oh, yeah. during service? Oh, yeah. It's happened so many times. I think. Oh, yes. We've had it happen, and um, it is, it's a beautiful moment, unless you're on the tractor with no hood uh, or no top, <laughs> and you're soaked. And of course, our tractor is not what you would call fast. Uh, uh, there's as much clutch left in that as there's juice left in my tank, so it's not very much. And uh, it's just that clutch is about gone, and whenever I realize now when I play basketball or something with the young guys, my, uh, my energy, what makes me go, it's about gone too. And so I figured I just I could run faster than the tractor went. So I literally <laughs> ran in the middle of the field to the truck, which the windows were down Wednesday. It was just an all around oh, bad experience there for about 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> but God was still good. Amen. We don't have an answer for the trivia question yet. So let me reread that question again. When Jesus had in mind to feed the 5000, who did he ask where they should buy the bread for people to eat? Uh, if you don't have plans this Sunday night, come out to Madrid Pentecostal here. Bishop Lance Johnson, bring the word, powerful man of God, um, really expecting amazing things to come out of what um, is getting ready to happen in this community. Um, we're not, we, we don't have all the details pinned down, but you can expect to hear some really great things coming yes. from September. Very excited for that. We'll actually probably have more details playing down after this weekend mm -hmm. and be able to really start pushing that. It's going to be an amazing thing in September, three nights of the glory of God being poured out on a generation. Amen. And then, of course, more, more, um, I guess, more time appropriate would be June the 9th and 10th, um, our own Coffee with Jesus. Yes, we have the Women's Conference coming up here. We're having it at Bethel Fellowship, but we are inviting all churches, women from all churches to come. Um, there will be child care both nights, um, and we're just expecting a great time with the Lord. 
Um, Megan Fortner is our guest speaker, and she's so excited to meet everybody and just love on every all the ladies and um just bring some encouragement and I just love her heart I love her heart to serve she was like anything y'all need help with setting up or anything she was like I know I'm I'm coming as a guest but I'll just love to serve and I just (laughs) I love that because you know Jesus yes he he brought messages but he was a servant and he's our example and I just I love her servant's heart um and so all ladies, June 9th and 10th, the 9th will start at 6 p.m. And the Saturday, the 10th, will start at 4 p.m. Um, we're super excited to just fellowship, but most importantly, um, spend some time with the Lord and see some uh, healing, deliverance, breakthrough, whatever is needed that night. We believe this is going to be a very powerful time with the Lord. We're Amen. Amen. <clears throat> And that's going to be an amazing time. Again, that's Friday night, June the 9th, 6 o'clock p.m. And Saturday afternoon, 4 o'clock p.m. And I know Miss Meg is going to bring a word from the Lord. And uh, I'm just excited for all that God's going to do in those two days. And I guess I should also announce this just for anyone who wants to tune in to the radio that morning. But that Friday, I believe it'll be the 9th. Um, she's also going to be on the radio with us okay. that day. Excellent. So we're we're excited for that. So anyone who wants to tune in and hear her again, she was with us, I think, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she feels called to come on the radio with us. She mm. um, she said she's been feeling this for a long time, that she um, wanted to be in in person in the studio with us. Sure. With us. So we're excited for that, too. Praise so the Lord. She'll probably be here the whole time, but... Um, if not, she'll be here for that guest portion at Amen. 8. 8:30. Amen. Um, so God's doing amazing things. I enjoyed our conversation yesterday. Um, the last couple of days we've got into some some deep waters and deep stuff. And um, Wednesday we talked a lot about, uh, I don't know how we got on eternal security, but we did. And we talked a lot about God's grace, God's mercy, but also we ended up talking about the Matthew 7, which we've done several times. And then yesterday we talked more on um, John chapter 10, the sheep knowing his voice, hearing the Father's voice, um, following him, eternal life, you know, what God's really doing in and through us. And also, I mean, we just, you never know what we're going to talk about. We don't even know what we're <laughs> going to talk about half the time. All right. So, um, and, you know, God's really just lays it on our heart. And we, we try to move with the Holy Spirit because I believe in this day and in this hour, it's so significant to be sensitive and discerning to what the Spirit of God is doing and what He's saying. And I also think it's important to um, use the word preparation because when we say discerning and sensitive to what the Holy Spirit's doing, we've got to prepare ourselves to be available mm-hmm. and be able to be used. And so what I mean by that is if we are not prayed up, read up, ready to go, full armor of God on, He could call us to something and we're just not ready. Yeah. And it's not that we're not hearing, it's that we're not ready. That's important. And so to be available, and I think that's what it is really to be instant in season and out of season. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, I can preach at the drop of a hat. It's that I'm in, I'm ready. Spiritually if, ready. Yeah. If the Spirit of God tells me to go over there, I'm ready. If he tells me to go over there, I'm ready. It's kind of like a musician. If you are on a worship team, um, you should practice the songs that you're going to do. You should be ready to go. When you come to practice on whenever that is or sound check, um, that's not the time to learn the song. That's the time just to, you know, like you're already learned it. You're coming. And also you've learned the ability 
to play, sing, whatever it is, so that when there's a demand to go somewhere, you're already prepared to go there. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing in the spiritual walk, is that when the Holy Spirit tells us to do something, if he tells us to go left, we're already going. we already prepared. If he tells us to go right, we're prepared. If he tells us to go preach, we're prepared. If he go, tells us to go pray for somebody, we're prepared. If he tells us to go witness to somebody, we are prepared. Mm -hmm. And it's that's the importance of preparation and that's why i think he tells us to weep between the porch and the altar yeah. is that we have to be solid in the private and ready to be used in the open and yeah so. that's good that's a word <laughs> i think especially for just this young generation that's rising up right now like new believers um just because of the condition that our world is in i think that you know preparing like I feel like procrastination has became really widely accepted and like even in college like you see like everybody procrastinates in college like it's very rare to find students who actually like really prepare themselves mm -hmm. for um, assignments and presentations and you know just from my time in college um, the times I, I know the times that I did prepare I always felt so much better than when I procrastinated. When I procrastinated, I just felt honestly like, why am I even here? Like, why am I even doing this? Like, mm -hmm. you feel almost like an imposter or like yeah. a, you know, like you're not really who you say you are if you haven't done your preparation. Mm -hmm. And that way you're fully ready. You're fully prepared. I remember taking tests I wasn't prepared for. Yep. And I remember taking tests I was prepared for. And I remember taking the tests having it put in front of me and I'm going, uh oh, this ain't good. But then I remember also taking a test. As soon as it drops, I'm writing. Yeah. I'm ready. And that's honestly one of the best feelings. Yep. When you know that you're prepared and you mm -hmm. don't have any ounce of worry, yep. you don't have any ounce of anxiety. You just, you see it and you know that you have what it, you have, yep. you've been equipped to do it because mm -hmm. you've put in the time. Hey, Amen. Well, we got an answer for the um, trivia question. Uh, our Joey Sosh got it right. He was prepared to answer the question. Uh, and so he got that correct. So his name will get in for that drawing for the two-week period. Uh, I think we drew last week for the storehouse gift card that Miss Pam won. Yes. And when she gets back from Louisiana, we'll get that to her um, on a Sunday morning. We'll just give it to, that to her when we see her. Um, but now we're drawing for a new two-week period. And to be honest with you, I don't know off the top of my head what the prize was. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we determined yet. And so we'll have to determine what that prize is and get that to um, – we'll announce that Monday morning. I'm sure it's going to be good, or it was good. I just can't remember if we already done it or not. Um, and so I apologize if we said what the prize was and I forgot it. I'll have to check my notes. Um, but we, we didn't answer Wednesday question number two either looking at my sheet. So we have another question open. Um, all right, we'll do our second question here here in a few minutes whenever we go to break. But, yes, preparation's key. And to be uh, fully awake, fully ready, fully pliable, I think this is what being a vessel that's able to be used mm -hmm. is. Like, um, I think sometimes we, we don't engage until it's our time to shine. And, and what I mean by that is a lot of people – use platform pulpits and everything for nothing other than themselves. And so they don't really put the put the prepara preparatory work in to be ready for it. They just want to get up there and show off. To me, what I do with the Father behind the scenes is way more than what I do for the Father in public. Mm -hmm. And I want to be with him. I want to know him. I want to know his heart. I want to know what he thinks. I want to know how he acts. I want to know 
I want to know what he smells like. I know it's, I mean, like, this is me. Like, I want to know. Like, yeah. I want to know him on an intimate basis. I want to know his personality. I want to know his heart about situations. And only when I'm there can I really be ready for use in the public. Yeah. And the porch, as I would say. If we get the altar right, we can get the porch right. But the reason that we've got the porch wrong is because porch has been a lot about man-centered ideology, man-centered mm-hmm. giftings, man-centered or people this, pleasing. And, and trying to please everybody or trying to build the next big ministry. Like, I'm not trying to build a ministry. I'm trying to build the kingdom. And together, as the body, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <clears throat> they used to say, I had a pastor one time who always said, we're so busy trying to build all of our little kingdoms, we forget to build the kingdom. Yeah. And I thought that was really good. Yeah. Um, also, I love this prophetic painting that we have here in Bethel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, all of these different fires. And I've, I think it's actually supposed to be Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the shape of the state. Yep. Um, and there's like all there's enough fires for each city that's in Kentucky. I think it's like 120 cities we have in Kentucky. Counties. Counties. <laughs> yep. Does it? What did I say? Cities. Cities. We have a couple more cities than that. <laughs> oh yeah, counties. Sorry. Um, and so there's all of these different flames mm-hmm. on you know where each um county is, and what I love about it though is that it's all making up one big one big flame mm-hmm. so it's like all of these individual ones that are making up this one big mm. flame and i don't know i've just i've prayed a lot about that and i like to look at that as a visual because i like to see that and pray that lord i pray that we won't have just all of these different you know sparks everywhere but i pray that we will have one like we will burn together mm-hmm. and not try to burn separate because it's we're, there's no way we can be bright like we literally cannot be as bright if we're trying to burn on our own yep without the body and I think that's why Jesus said greater works than this shall you do is because he is the seed that's put in the ground that's going to give birth to a lot of different mm-hmm. brothers and sons and daughters and harvest is that when he's put in the ground, he gives birth to a lot of others. And now corporately, we start to see greater works than he did because now it's not just one man mm-hmm. with 12 disciples. Now we're we're a large body. And together we can see greater works than this, than he did. And, and uh, people say, well, you're going to be great. No, we're not saying we're greater than Jesus. What I'm saying is when we come corporately together, serving him as the head, his body will work on his behalf as ambassadors in the earth. And that, um, you know, millions and millions and millions of people doing it is bigger than 12 disciples Mm -hmm. and 12 disciples turn the world upside down. So if they're turning the world upside down, what should millions of people be doing? Yeah. I mean, that's the setting the world on fire. And unfortunately, we're not always doing that. And yeah. so um, I never thought about it like that, mm-hmm. that verse. But that that's so true. You know, you think of it as like he's just telling, you know, just certain people or just telling us that personally yeah. to like encourage us. But really, if you do think about it. It yeah. is. That's why. Yeah. Because I think specifically he's talking to his disciples there. Yeah. But they did turn the world upside down. He turned Jerusalem upside down, but they went all over the world. Mm-hmm. And now we're supposed to even have a greater measure of that today. Yeah. And it should be compounding. And the, the church should be getting brighter and brighter. And we should be doing the works of the kingdom. And we should be doing the works of our Father. And if we think about it, at that point, they didn't really have that unity either. Like, they did not have... People weren't in unity the way that he he desired for us to be in uni- unity at that point. 
Um, I do believe, though, the early church that we've been talking about in Acts, they were starting to get the right idea of what they were definitely marching forward should look like. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would have been an I think it would have been an incredible thing to be a part of the New Testament church in Acts. Like I don't even know how to put into words what it would have been like, but also I just I can just feel the 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 conversations that probably was had between the disciples and the apostles behind the scenes when yeah. they had 8,000, 9,000 people come to join the church in two days. Like that's, that's a big, that's a big increase. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, um, and then of course, you know, they're having house churches basically because there's not always the opportunity to have a corporate gathering. Yeah. But anytime they could corporately gather, they were, but it was like people would have just, you know, completely lost it over the logistics of everything going on Mm -hmm. and yet you could see the power of the holy spirit guiding directing using they was establishing like we have the word to figure out how we should do this they were just learning relying on the holy spirit i mean they were learning of the holy spirit directly and it it was amazing thing to see to me i love the miracles i love the signs i love the wonders but to me i guess as a pastor I just love to see the birth of the church mm-hmm. and how it's developing and how the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, do this, do that. Hey, set up elders, set up deacons, set up this, set up that. And this is what an elder should be like. And this is how the church should operate. And this is what you guys are going to be doing. And, you know, it's like everything that Jesus taught was the culture of the kingdom that the church will operate in. And then when the disciples became the apostles and they started to plant the churches and grow the church and the church is being added to daily, you know, they were doing more of the logistics of it. Like they were learning how to practically walk this out day to day. Mm-hmm. And they had the they had the culture of the kingdom down. Now they were trying to figure out the culture of how the church is supposed to operate. operate. And I don't know. I just I guess as a pastor who loves the church and really does love this kind of stuff, um, it's always I, I just really have a lot of fun seeing it. And the book of Acts is is awesome. I do think that's something that I think church has been has not been right for so long. <laughs> like church has done things so wrong that it it really is hard for people to see like the beauty of how it was like how it is designed to be. Mm-hmm. You know. And I understand because it is hard. It's hard to not visually see something or have no experience with something and uh, be able to imagine, you know, what it should be like. Yep. But that's why I am thankful for acts i'm thankful for you know these guidelines that we do have in the word especially ephesians i love that book um love i love romans i think i like ephesians i'm still sticking to ephesians my favorite book yeah ephesians is solid i don't know i just i've always loved ephesians um romans is i feel like an overall though like romans is one of the best for like witnessing and like just like applying things to your life, like very easy to understand. I I, I do really love Romans, yeah. but Ephesians is like so rich. Like yep. <laughs> Ephesians is just so rich. That's why I like yeah. it. It doesn't really seem like it maybe when you first read it, but like the more you read it, I feel like the more I get new things. Every it's very time. deep. Yes. For six chapters, it gives you a lot. Yeah. Um, and Romans is amazing because Romans is so theological. I mean, it really gives you good doctrine and Pauline theology. But then it also follows that up. Like the first part of it's that theological understanding, deep things. And then he kind of goes into the practical things, like how to walk it out. So you get the theological depth, but then you get the practical walking mm-hmm. it out. And I, I really do appreciate that out of Paul and Romans. 
And then you get a lot of encouragement too. Mm-hmm. A lot of, it's not all like doom and gloom. That's <clears throat> I love that about Paul too. Like he addresses things. I mean, he's straightforward with a lot of things, but then he's so passionate about people and about the Lord and about witnessing and saving souls and really just empowering and equipping. And I love, like, I love Romans 8. <laughs> so, yeah. like, Romans 8 is just so awesome. Yep. Um, all right. <clears throat> Let me see here. Romans 8 is Brother Greg's favorite chapter. There's some other texts flying. I'll get caught up here in a minute. Uh, Miss Lisa, I forgot to give the answer to this. When Jesus has in mind to feed the 5,000, who did he ask where they shall buy the bread for the people to eat? It was, who did he ask? It was Philip. John 6, 5. He asked Philip where he should buy the bread. And <clears throat> and yes, I, I, I do love that about Paul, too. Paul does what we call the pancake theory. Um and I don't even really think a pancake theory is really good. Um, it, I call it more the sandwich. Let's go the sandwich. Uh, I think I heard some, one of my professors one time say sandwich. But he, like, opens up this sandwich, and, you know, you you make a sandwich. Now, me, I'm just bread, meat, cheese, bread. <laughs> All right, nothing else. All right, but you put your bread down. In the that's, that's Paul laying down encouragement. Every book he opens up with a salutation, encouragement, some kind of welcoming. And then the meat... Or, and the cheese, and for those who like rabbit food, lettuce, and all that, um, that's kind of like the, what in the world are you doing? Stop. <laughs> and then he follows up with, but keep going, you're doing great. All right, kind of deal. Like, it's kind of like the Oreo. It, it kind of is. about the Oreo method? Uh-uh. Well, it's apparently like in leadership, like you use the Oreo method when like correcting, or like when kind of assessing how your employee is doing, or... Or even if you don't have an employee, like you're, you know, someone that's kind of, uh, you you have that task of kind of counseling them or, you know, disciplining or assessing how they're doing in something. You start out with the um, the good, like mm-hmm. each cookie part of the Oreo is like, you start off with a positive and then the middle is the negative and then you end with a positive. So hmm. you always put the negative in the middle yeah. and then you end with the positive. Same thing with it. I think yep. it's like a sandwich thing. Same thing. Yeah. All right, Joey says, man, joke of the day, which U.S. state has the smallest canned beverage? Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) Minnesota. Yep. Uh, Let's see. Miss Gail says, when you're prepared, you also know when you don't go quit, get you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, tongue tied. When you're prepared, you also know what you don't quite get and you know what to ask. Amen. Um, And so, and then, of course, Brother Greg said, Romans 8 is his favorite chapter. Amen. Well, let's read our second trivia question for the morning, uh, sponsored by Higdon Surveying. Um, who said, God forbid, that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you? Who said, God forbid, that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you? 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. And we're back here on Mornings with Box 2 Radio. We've had a good morning so far talking about um, just a lot of different good things. Uh, oh, we have a winner. We have a answer for that trivia question. It looks like that was Miss Gail Harrington. We love you, Miss Gail. Good job on that one. And it looks like this one was, let's see. Okay. Uh, this question was, 
who said, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you? And that answer was Samuel, found in 1 Samuel twelve twenty three. So good job, Miss Gail. We love you so much here at Box 2 Radio. You're one of those great encouragers. You know, I think Miss Gail would be f- good friends with Paul. <laughs> we were talking about how, you know, Paul had that great gift of encouragement. You know, he had other gifts too, but he always made sure to encourage. So I think you'd be good friends with him, Miss Gail. Um, again, for anyone who has just decided to s- tune in and start listening, um, again, we want to remind everyone that Brother Lance Johnston will be at uh, Madrid Pentecostal on Sunday at 6 o'clock. Um, and then, again, we want to keep pushing the women's conference that will be here at Bethel um, for all ladies from all churches. Um, we want you know to bring everybody together, and we're just expecting a great time. That will be June 9th, um, starting at 6 p.m. That's a Friday, and then the Saturday, June 10th, will start at 4 p.m. So we're super excited for those things coming up, and then um, we're super excited for that Friday morning. Friday uh, the 9th to have Miss Megan Fortner. Um, She will be at the women's conference, but then she'll also be on the radio with us that morning. So we're super excited for that. Um, And we will have more information about Lance Johnston coming back again um, for a conference. We'll have more information on that next week. That's the plan. To the glory of God, amen. And so, do we have a trivia answer? I had to step out. Yeah, just we did. Miss Gail got it. Miss Gail, we love Miss Gail. She's great. I uh, was saying how um, I think Miss Gail would be good friends with Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because she has that great gift of encouragement. So. Yep, Miss Gail. I tell you what, we never got an answer for Wednesday question number two. So we're going to do this to make it even this week. We're going to pop it open. What Kings acts? So we're going to open it up again for. Anybody can call in. So we'll have a third trivia question right now. If you know it, you can call and get your name in there. What king's acts are said to be recorded in the book of Jehu, the son of Hananiah? What king's acts are said to be recorded in the book of Jehu, the son of Hananiah? Amen. Well, I am. Um, I was sitting there yesterday, and I was on the tractor. Um, I, no, I wasn't on the tractor yesterday. I was doing something else yesterday. And um, I was sitting there thinking about just revival. I was thinking about the move of God. I was thinking about the Spirit of God being poured out. And, you know, my heart was just kind of thinking about that. And um, Actually, it may have been Wednesday I was on the tractor. Sometime, one of these <laughs> days this week, I was thinking about this. I know I was thinking about this. And it was like, you know, the Lord always reminds me in seasons, um, you know, we really do have this ideology that it's just, it's uh, easy, it's cheap, it's, um, just God's going to do it and it's going to be great. And honestly, um, a move of God is life changing. It alters everything about your, your being, your, your life, your comfortableness, your apathy, your normal is over. It's the most profitable, awesome, amazing thing you're ever do, but it's also the most disruptive thing because it will literally destroy every idol. It will take down everything that is putting itself before him. And plus, um, you know, it. it is, I'm looking for something long-term, not something short. And so I want something that's real, not something that's quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would rather have something slow and marinated than quick and unhealthy. And, and what, I'm th- what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get to with all that is that those who have been praying for a move of God, 
Let me just cut to the chase. Those who have been praying for a move of God, those who have been seeking the Lord, those who have been crying out for revival, I just really feel like the Lord's saying, don't grow weary in good doing. Mm -hmm. Don't grow weary. And that what he's doing is a slow thing. Mm -hmm. And a slow thing almost always is more profitable than a quick thing. Yeah. And I know he's going to do a new thing. I know he's going to do all this. And sometimes to do that, he has to prepare his bride. And I think that's what he's doing. We talked about that. I think he's coming. I think he's coming for a pure bride. And I think this last day move of God that we're about to see take the place in the earth and the, the latter rain's about to be poured out is not just for good church services. It's so that his bride's holy and that the harvest comes in. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to encourage people out there. Don't grow weary in good doing. Don't feel like it's not going to happen. Don't feel like you've been praying for this for a long time. How long did we pray for Roe versus Wade to get overturned? Yeah. A long time. Mm-hmm. And we finally seen it. There's more to pray. There's more to seek. There's more to rend the heavens over. We're going to see, I believe, a do- uh, abortion completely demolished. But I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't think that happens till the church is really ready to accept full out adoption. Yeah. You can't preach against abortion without preaching for adoption. Mm-hmm. And until the church is ready to adopt and the church is really ready to aggressively pursue that, we're not we're not going to see everything that we're seeking for. Yeah. And um, and it's it's because it one of the most dangerous things is is, you know, to pray for something and not be prepared to ha- have it. Mm-hmm. And again, we're going back to preparation, but I want to see abort i want to i want to get to a place where there's not another abortion in the history of the world like just hallelujah right but a lot of these babies are going to have to go somewhere because the family's not ready for them or the family can't take care of them or there's some kind of situation or um you know there's so many there's so many factors that can play into that and the church is supposed to be here to take care of the widows and the orphans and we've transferred that to the state but in reality our word says that pure and undefiled religion is to take care of the orphans and the widows and yet yeah. it's not always two things that we do and um and so i'm just going to encourage you do not grow weary in good doing i believe we're still going to see the glory of god poured out i believe if we continue to pray i don't want you to ever go off your emotions so i don't i, I i'm going to say this as loving as i can because i don't mean it in any other way than loving but at the end of the day the Lord don't care how you feel. I don't care how you feel. You shouldn't care how you feel because I'm not going off emotions. Some of the most productive times I probably ever had in prayer was ones I didn't really feel it. You know, it's like I didn't feel the glory. I didn't feel like, oh, all of heaven's pouring out. But I've seen prayers answered in moments of dryness as much as I ever had when I felt it. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. But I think so often we just go by emotions. Mm-hmm. But faith is walking when you don't feel nothing. Faith is walking when you don't see nothing. Faith is walking when there's no evidence that it's anything's going on. Mm-hmm. And that's where we continue in faith. Yep. So, I don't know. That was just my encouragement today. That's what I was kind of thinking. Like, I even kind of encouraged myself. Don't grow weary. Don't don't give up. You know, I'm not trying to give up. But I'm just saying, like, it. sometimes you sit there and pray. and Or you're going to Saturday night prayer meeting every night and Every Saturday night, and you're like, "Is it really mattering? Is it really? Is it really mattered? Is it really affecting things? Is this?" And yes, it is. Yep. And even if you don't feel it, it's kind of like that song "Waymaker." Even if yep. I don't I see was just it, thinking of that. Even if I don't feel it, he's working. Yep. So. And he never takes time off. <laughs> That's the thing. He never takes There's a day off. A lot off. of us want to like check in and check out, like clock in and clock out. Mm-hmm. But Jesus doesn't do that. Yep. 
He's always interceding for us. He's always working. Forever interceding at the right hand of the Father. And the thing is, I believe he's wanting a people to get that same mindset, too. Of mm. Like, we don't just get to clock in and out. Yep. And you don't get to run off just your emotions. No. Yeah. Because our emotions are not consistent. They're, they will never be consistent. But faith yeah. and trust, those things are consistent. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying emotions are a bad thing. I love to feel the presence of God. I love to know all of heaven's rendered and open and, and just as Jamie should she should never sing again while I'm on the tractor for it to rain. But, <laughs> you know, just as when you do feel that spiritual rain from heaven, when yeah. you feel it, that's great. Like what I'm saying is it doesn't mean it's not there just because you don't feel it. Yeah. And we cannot. I, I'm going to go back to this saying that I believe is a true one. Um, I'm not saying it's verily, verily, but I think it's a true statement. Emotions are a good friend, but they're a very poor master. Mm-hmm. And we can never be guided or defined by what we feel. Um, because there's sometimes in a marriage, like we'll just say it like, we'll say it like this. Whenever I do um, premarital counseling or even marriage counseling, um, there's times in a marriage you don't necessarily feel like you like that person you're with right there. <laughs> Am I wrong? Like, I got some people shaking their hands out there, I know. And they're sometimes like, oh, my gosh. I, I mean, I do that to my wife a lot. I'm pretty sure my wife sometimes, she probably thinks daily, do I even like him? Um, <laughs> you know, and like that one time I said, hey, do you want to renew your, our vows at like 20 years or 15? And she goes, I wouldn't risk it. Uh, <laughs> so what's that mean? <laughs> and so, um, and, you know, it, I don't know. Like there's times that you don't always feel. And that's why I say like this, guys think like this and it gets you in trouble. So if your wife ever says, why do you love me? Never answer with this question. Never answer with this response. But here's a true statement about love. Love is never just an emotion. Sometimes love is a choice. Yeah. I'm choosing to love you this day. I may not like you this day, but I'm going to choose to love you this day. <laughs> um, and that goes like, that goes like not just your spouse. I mean, that's, there's a lot of things with that. Like other people, other people. That person who cuts you off in traffic, that that person who that I always want to say it like this. I hate, I always say feel bad for using the name because somebody's name going to be Karen out there and they're going to make think I'm talking about them. But <laughs> when you encounter that Karen out in public uh, and they're exploding on you, it's not that you feel like you love them. It's that you're choosing to. Yeah, I'm choosing to love you. I'm not going to choose to hate you. I'm not going to choose to respond to you. I'm just going to choose to love you. And I almost guarantee in that moment, you probably don't feel an overwhelming love or I'm going to go buy you chocolates and roses because your <laughs> caringness is it's just really awesome. <laughs> you know, it's a choice. And a lot of things with our own relationship with the father is not because I'm just so drawn by my emotions that I'm I'm choosing to go to prayer. I'm choosing to I'm choosing to to get in my word. I'm choosing this because. It's on purpose and it's intentional and Christianity mm-hmm. has to be on purpose and intentional. Yeah. And my like my goal is when someone is like freaking out on me or Say be a Karen. Come on, blowing. be a Karen. If someone is being a Karen and go. like exploding or, you know, insulting me, all of this, like I mean, think about Jesus. Like he had to take that every single day. Like he had to take that all the time. Mm-hmm. And he would like he would listen to people. 
and yeah. he would he would be patient with them and and honestly i think that's we need to learn to listen and observe more because i think if we can listen to what someone's saying i mean the word says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth the mouth speaks and i think if we can kind of contain our emotions and not let our emotions get out of control whenever someone else is kind of pushing our buttons mm -hmm. if we can like kind of slow down and just listen to what they're actually saying my what I sh am striving to do and I've never been good at this but I want to get to that place with the Lord where I can sit there and listen and figure and discern what's really going on while they're yelling at me while they're like I want to see the root of what's going on yeah. so that way I really can love them better that way that I can speak a positive kind word that can maybe open them up to um to really let out what they're feeling, why they're reacting this way. Because yeah. there's always a root to why we are exploding. Mm -hmm. thing. And I think sometimes people perceive when we say stuff like listen, that it always means condoning. Mm -mm. That it's like, oh, yeah, I agree with you. No, it means that I'm trying to hear what they're really saying. And um, to see past all the emotion yes. and the craziness. <laughs> when you're doing pastoral chats or something like this, you always have this. If you, if you take a married couple, marriage couple, a married couple in there who's having struggles, you sit them across your desk, you have spouse A, you got spouse B. You have space, you have spouse A's point of view, you have spouse B's point of view, and then you've got the truth. So it's somewhere in the middle. Everybody interprets from their own perspective. And one of the great, like one of the things I do when I sit across a couple who's struggling is I'm not trying to figure out who's right. I'm trying to figure out what's right. And I'm trying to figure out exactly what's going on, the truth, and then we can attack that root. But so often in our conversation with people, we're not even trying to figure out what they're saying or what the truth is or what the situation really is. We're already thinking about our response when instead of hearing. Mm -hmm. And we're just like, oh, what can I say? What can I say? And a lot of times... I think James is really, really um, wise, and he basically, you know, um, you know, slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to wrath. Slow to yeah. If we can be slow to be mad, we can be quick to listen, and we can be slow to talk, then we would probably have more of an influence on people than we could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. But also, I want to say this. I think at that moment, too, we're not giving no place to the devil. Mm -mm. Well, we can't come into it. A lot of things are spiritual. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are holding on to things that are spiritually, they're partnering with evil, really, is what it is. And we are not to come in agreement with any unfruitful works of darkness. We're not to become, we're not to come into agreement. We're not, and we do, that's something the Lord's been showing me. Like, I used to be a person who was always afraid to, like, tell people like the truth of that they needed to hear because mm -hmm. I was afraid of what, how they would react to it. Yeah. So I would really um, sugarcoat things. I would always try to sugarcoat mm -hmm. and I'm really learning. I'm slowly learning how to not do that. But what the Lord has shown me, like you people have always tried to kind of get me to agree with them because I guess they could see that I would do that. And the, what the Lord's been showing me is like what you come into agreement with, like is really important. Like yeah. you cannot come into agreement with sin or with um, you cannot come into agreement with un the unfruitful works of darkness. And so I think that is important. Like we can still love, but still speak the truth in love sure. and not agree with the sin or the mess or the darkness. Yes. And I, I think how we do this with 
truth, love, grace, but also a firmness. Like it's it's all these things playing together. And I think it's where we're wise. And we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. Um, <clears throat> and then sometimes too, I think sometimes this happens. I will, the Holy Spirit don't even let me respond back at times. Now, sometimes I will. It depends on who I'm talking like, uh, talking with. Like um, me and me and Greg have conversations about the word and we're not afraid to go back and forth because we love each other and have a lot of respect and honor for each other. And we see some things in eschatology different, but at the end of the day, we both know we love Jesus and, mm-hmm. and have a lot of respect and honor. But if I'm talking to somebody who, um, like I've, I've had conversations, no matter what you say, they're going to get mad and they're going to get angry and it's going to cause division. Sometimes I just let them feel like they're right. And it's not that I'm trying to come into, it's not that I'm trying to come into agreement because if that agreement was over something like, if it was something really bad, I shut it up or I'll, I will say something. Um, but also if it's, but if it's like, you know, I can't believe they put green carpet and not red <laughs> carpet. But if you say anything, well, you're going to be wrong. Like you're always that wrong person. And it's that person that we preached on a few weeks ago who's always looking for quarrelsome, always looking for arguing. They just want to cause division. That's what they do. They feed off that demonic spirit and that delusion. And and really because they have cut covenant with the works of darkness, that's who they have become inside is their internal mess. And they want you to drag you in. So I think this is where we have to use discernment is, is am I feeding the monster and the beast or am I actually going to be – able to have any edification towards this person because there's some persons there's some people that you will listen talk to that will never hear you because they don't want to hear you Mm -hmm. their ear has been shut and let me just tell you don't cast your pearl before swine it i I feel like dr phil right now but um (laughs) i feel like like it is completely okay not to engage in conversation with some people you can love them you can be graceful you can be merciful about it but some people only want that conversation, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, whenever they're trying to trick Jesus. Jesus did not extend the conversation. You ever notice that? Like he he addressed the issue, or he he gave them some 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 words, but he didn't sit there for three hours with them and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes all you're doing is feeding the beast. You are feeding the monster, and then you wonder why it keeps growing. Yeah. I have a scripture. Sure. <laughs> I was thinking of the uh, verse in Second Timothy, Second uh, Timothy two twenty three that says, uh, "Again, I say." Of course, I'm reading out of the NLT because it's just easy to read. But again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. And I feel like, well, I mean, it goes on to say, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. They will then come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was that's like a level of maturity of like what, exactly what you were saying about sometimes it, it the Holy Spirit will just have us to be silent because especially when it's like it says a foolish ignorant argument like things that don't things that are what do you say like an open-handed open-handed an yeah. open-handed issue like some things really aren't worth arguing over. Yep. They're just not worth it. I arguing. will never argue with somebody over tongues. I've, I've pretty much set that in my heart. I will not do it. Now, we'll, if you want to engage in my conversation why I believe in scriptural, that's fine. But if you want to start an argument about how you think that I'm 
crazy or something like that for speaking in tongues or now because I'm kind of in this I'm kind of in this middle ground like I think there's been abuse of them but I'm yeah. also not going to get negate them so I want to find what the word gives us permission to use them for but I'm not going to engage in a whole three hour discussion of arguing over it now if you want to exodus the text and figure out is it biblical where's it at like I'll do that with you we'll talk about this but I've, I mean, I've seen people that take something like tongues and they will just flat out argue for hours and try to convince you that you are of Satan. And I've, I've seen it with my own eyes because you speak in tongues. And I just think those are dangerous, unproductive. What conversations you say they were in the NLT? Yeah, uh, foolish, ignorant arguments that yes. only start fights. That's it. And that's kind of like an open hand issue. Now, if you come up to me and you want to fight over the virgin birth, Game's on because, well, if you take away the virgin birth, you take away the gospel. So that's a close-handed <laughs> issue. You can't do that because if she's not born of the Holy— if, if she is not impregnated by the Holy Spirit hovering over her and it's a supernatural pregnancy, then Jesus is not sinless. Jesus is sinful because he's born into sin because the sin of the Father was passed down. It's not The sin wasn't transferred from the mother. The sin was transferred from the Father because the blood came from the Father. Mm-hmm. And so— that's how he was born without sin. You take that away, then, well, you take the gospel away. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, that's not a, a foolish argument. It's not going anywhere because it's essential. And even if you want to think about it in a spiritual sense. So, usually, if you're having these arguments with people, it's usually kind of a spirit. Mm-hmm. Because you'll notice, like, I believe it's, so, I, don't, I don't know if it's like the religious spirit is what it could be. Of just always wanting to pick and argue. I mean, we see it with. I mean, the the same sort of spirit. The mm-hmm. Sadduc- the Pharisees and the Sadducees did the same thing with Jesus, and so it is that spirit. And so I don't know. It just kind of some things aren't even worth entertaining the yeah. spirit. I almost think like, I mean, I don't really. One thing I don't really get caught up in too much is, you know. I don't try to name this. I'm not against it. I'm just not that smart. So, um, and plus, I don't want to start naming spirits that don't exist either, like the spirit of an ingrown toenail. Like, um, <laughs> no, no. But we but, see the religion. But I do think that what you're talking about could very well be the Leviathan spirit. Yeah. Because if you go to Acts, whenever Paul is dealing with that woman who's coming behind him, she's kind of like nitpicking. Yeah. And she's doing it in a way that's not necessarily, if you just heard what she was saying, well, that's not bad. Like, that's not bad to say, well, behold, these two men are servants of the Lord. But what she's really trying to do is start something. She's mm-hmm. trying to instill pride, arrogance. She's trying to start arguments. And that Leviathan spirit, the spirit or the Python spirit, whatever you want to call it, is the spirit that constricts. Mm-hmm. And that's what these arrogant, pointless, useless arguments do to us yep. is they constrict us and they strangle the truth. They strangle the joy. They yeah. strangle it out of us. And I think it's important, you know, I, again, I would like to do more study on specifically so naming it and things yeah. like that. But that's what I, I was talking about. I just forgot the name of it. But um, I think it's important to notice how your spirit feels when you're talking to people. Mm-hmm. And we don't rely on our feelings, but, like, how your spirit actually is, like, reacting to certain, like, conversations. Because the Lord's been pointing that out to me. Like, I could be having a conversation right now with you or with you know, with Greg or with, I can name, I can name a list of people who, when I'm with you all, when I'm having the conversation, I don't feel drained or constricted or like someone's trying to silence me. Like I feel free to discuss and, um, 
I think it's just important to to notice that because I used to not pay attention. I mm-hmm. used to just you know think, oh, I just I love everybody. Everyone loves me. Like I yep. wasn't really having wisdom with like what was happening spiritually. Mm-hmm. But when you really start to pay attention, and that doesn't mean you don't love the person. It just means I believe when we can notice the spiritual things, we can truly start to not wrestle against the person. Mm -hmm. Because then we realize, oh, I do love this person, but I want to pray against whatever spiritual thing is going on here. So that for one, they aren't um, tied down by that. But for two, they're not hurting other people's spiritual walks. And Mm -hmm. they're not making things hard for other people. So for me, I think it's, the discernment, it, it's not just so you can know what's going on. It's actually so we can know how to pray for people. And we cannot wrestle against fresh, flesh and blood, but we can actually start attacking those things spiritually mm-hmm. in prayer. So. Yeah. And I think when we have that discernment, I think Jesus was the perfect example of everything. But I do think he was uh, most particularly an example of discernment. Like he just knew. Like he could call out, your father's not my father. Your father's the devil. And this is what you're really trying to do with this woman. Like we see in hindsight. But, you know, he wasn't in the room when they said, let's get him. Right? And so he just comes on the scene of a woman who's caught in the act of adultery laying in the middle of the street and everybody's going to stone him. He, logically speaking, you don't think this whole thing's playing out just so that you can get caught and they can trick you. Now, so Jesus, I think, had discernment the whole time, and I think Jesus was able to go up to the scene, and they say, hey, Jesus, what should we do? And he was able to discern right there. Well, they're trying to trick me. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get me. They're trying to get me to do something. And Jesus was able to answer in such a way that he was he was wise as a serpent, but his sword was very quick and is very sharp, and he knew how to use his words, and he didn't. I love this about Jesus. He didn't use a lot of empty words. Mm-hmm. He was very intentional with what he said. Yeah. And I think if we're discerning, then we can be very, uh, our sword can be a lot sharper. We can be a lot wiser what we say. We can say be a lot more intentional and that it's okay when you're talking to somebody. And I don't even know how we got in this whole conversation, but it's good. <laughs> this is, These are important conversations to have because a lot of people, you would actually be shocked how many times I get asked, how do you talk to people? Like I've, I've had been asked that question several times, not once. I'm talking several times. How do you engage in conversation with people? How do you defend the faith? How do you witness to somebody? Well, first of all, you're slow to speak. You're quick to listen and you're slow to wrath. And, and you should listen twice as much as you talk. Mm-hmm. And when I'm in a real conversation, like on the radio, I'm, I'm hosting. So I always got to be talking. So if somebody's, if we can't have dead air, so I always yap, yap, yap until somebody starts talking and shuts me up. <laughs> but in in real life, I'm not always perfect at it, but I really do want to listen twice as much as I talk. Yeah. And and I think when we do that, we hear, and if we really hear, not just with our physical ear, but with our spiritual ear, then we're able to give spiritual insight and not just, as Paul said, words of man's wisdom. Yeah. So it's hard. It is hard, especially if you're being attacked. Um, but it's always profitable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always profitable because the more you just feed the beast and engage with the arguing and the foolishness and the attacking one another, like you're gonna leave feeling like, um, what just happened? Mm-hmm. What you're gonna leave with regret and you're gonna not be able to truly love that person. Um, yeah. But whenever you're able to, like you were saying, hear with the spiritual ear and speak be really intentional with the words that we speak. 
um i think we see that with jesus is like he really didn't entertain the devils like (laughs) he did not entertain anything he just spoke the truth he was not just giving people what they wanted to hear he just spoke the truth and yes he got some pushback from it but eventually i mean they ran away eventually Mm. they left him yep so Amen. Well, we're going to take a break here. We'll come back out here and finish this week off strong with the last little segment here on Mornings with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All righty, we are back here on Mornings with Box 2 Radio. Don't forget, Sunday night, 6 o'clock p.m., Madger Pentecostal Church, Bishop Lane Johnson will be there bringing the word. He's had an integral part in the North Georgia Revival, the West Kentucky Revival, um, tremendous man of God, hungry for the Lord. I know I hear him. I've never got to hear him in person, but I have listened to him on podcasts and on messages online and very excited to be able to have the opportunity to go hear him in person this Friday night, this Sunday night, sorry, at Madger Pentecostal, June 9th and 10th, which is not this weekend, but next. Women's Conference here. Arrow Ministries, Coffee with Jesus, combining up. It's going to be a rising a rising remnant of women drinking coffee with Jesus <laughs> weekend. And uh, it's going to be awesome. Megan Fortner is going to be there bringing the word. She'll be with us next Friday morning on the radio. Um, and so I, really, if, if Hannah and Jamie and Megan is on here, I can take next Friday off. Yeah. I could just take it off. I'm, I'm, t- I'm taking the day off. You probably could. I'm going to go. But and, I bet she would like to talk with you. I'm going to go. I'm just going to go and eat Hardee's. While I'll, I'm going to go. Oh, my gosh. That's it right there. I'm going to go join the old man club Friday morning. And that's it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, Maybe you just start off the broadcast with us and then leave early. And then go eat Hardee's? Get the momentum going and then, yeah. I do have some coupons. <laughs> I do have some coupons there. So uh, <laughs> I was sitting there. I, I forgot who I walked in with the other day. Um, we walked in somewhere, and they said something about those, there was a group of old men sitting there eating, and they just looked at me. They were waiting for me to say something. <laughs> I said, I can't wait. <laughs> hey, you know, I experienced that a lot on the share I was the only girl in here a lot. Yeah? About the share That's true. Um, it was good, though. It was good. It's good. It's good to put yourself in different situations. You're you're getting ready for when your your uh, little girls grow up and you'll be surrounded. <laughs> Eliza's already <laughs> seven, going on eighteen. <laughs> How many you have now? You have three girls. Yeah. Plus yeah. Heather, so you got four in your yeah. life. The the guy's still outnumbered. <laughs> We're still winning. Um, but well, once Jackson moves out, they'll be we'll or be Phoenix. Even. Phoenix or when Phoenix he too. when he moves out. Hopefully he moves out before Jackson. Um, <laughs> And so it, it'll be evened up then. Um, but it's I have I a feeling Nolan might be the one to move out um, first. Oh my goodness! Before anybody, he's the more independent one. He'd move out right now if he could. <laughs> I mean, he's so funny. He he. Oh, the other day he just he really likes hanging out with Ethan. He does. My husband. For those of you who don't know who Ethan is, or Delbert, his other nickname. I love Delbert. <laughs> um, but he he was uh, over and he said. Well, actually, your other kids were around, too, so I felt bad even said this, but he was like, so, Ethan, I'm your favorite Wilson, right? Just tell me. I know I'm your favorite Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> and Ethan was like, you know, he doesn't like to be put on the spot like that. He was like, uh, uh. <laughs> that sounds like Nolan. It was so funny, though. He's like, I'm your favorite Wilson. I know it. Nolan is, he is really independent and um, he resourceful. He said also the other day, he said, I love being a kid. And I was like, well, that's good. I'm glad. But then he said, 
Well, I do love being a kid, but I'd really like to be a teenager. I don't want to get old, but I would like to be a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> Anything past teenagers old? <laughs> but I think what the reason he said, and then what he said after that cracked me up even more. He said, because when I'm a teenager, I'll be able to eat snacks at school. <laughs> In my classroom or something, and I was like, "Of course, it'd be about snacks." That's a Wilson for you. That that is my son. All right, um, you know, was, whenever I coached basketball, there was always an excitement depending on which gym I went to, because I knew pretty much what each school was good at making at their concession stand, and so I I didn't so much game plan for the basketball game. I was game planning for the concession stand. That sounds like Ethan. That's what he did when he was refing. Yep, what's that's good funny. there? What's good there? Um, that's why they like each other. That's it right there. And then, of course, um, like there was one place, I forgot which one it was. They had, they had potato skins there. That's good. Oh, my that's goodness. Next level. That was, yeah, it was amazing. And Is I'm, that one of the Christian schools? Mm -hmm. yeah. I may or may not have been coaching with potato skin in my mouth. I'm not going to say <laughs> I was or I wasn't because a lot of times I coach the girls, and so we played first. And so, and I was Honestly, hungry. I mean, no hate to the public school system, but um, it seems like the the Christian schools are really outdoing on the concession stand. Oakridge did the um, pulled pork nachos. Well, that was, yeah. It's like real food. Like they yeah. get real food. Well, they had cheesecake and everything. I loved that. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was. Maybe I'm gonna have to start learning more about basketball so I can coach. Yeah, cheesecake <laughs> and pulled pork nachos and. Oh, my goodness. And then, of course, most people never would do this, but we've been to enough games and been enough gyms. We know this. If you ask, most will do it. Have them put popcorn in a nacho thing with cheese and be able to dip oh, your popcorn good. in the cheese. That oh, so I've good. I've had that at softball parks. Yes. It's, really it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, we had to get our food talk in sometimes. Some, yeah, we haven't some talked about today. food for a little while. Um, we've Joey, actually been doing pretty good. Joey said he'd meet me at Hardee's. Um <laughs> When he's an old man, when we're when we're in the old oh, man club. Oh, I thought club. you meant on Friday. Oh when no, Friday. <laughs> it's when we're all in the old man club. Yeah. I'm, I'm already starting to build. I can my, see that. I'm starting to build my old man team. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm gonna have an old man team. Um, we're already gonna like. It's gonna be kind of this group of guys that are ready to retire together, and so that whenever we go to Hardee's, we don't even have to sit with the original. We don't have to do the OGs, the original gangsters. We just <laughs> we can have our own. Uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll come in with a new breed of Old Man's Club, and um, it's going to be great. And this one's going to be the Holy Ghost Old Man's Club. So we're not going to just sit there and talk about how bad this is or how bad that is or how corrupt that is or um, how your toenail's bigger than my toenail or something because these are pretty much all conversations I've heard. Because <laughs> uh, sometimes when I'm, at, when I'm at a restaurant with an Old Man's Club in there, I like to sit close so I can start to hear what I need to prepare conversation for when I get older. And um, some of these, I'm like, okay, this is kind of silly. Well, maybe um, you can bring some like biblical conversation in there to the old man's club. Maybe there could be revival in the old man's club. Could be. <laughs> we could have. Uh, what would that be? Because what it, what were we talking about the other day? You're you know you were like you know we don't need to we can go play mini golf, but we can also witness while we're playing. That's mini right. Golf. We could have the revival of the grumps. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> amen. <laughs> And so uh, revival at Hardee's. I mean, that would be a pretty good revival, honestly. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you got yeah. your food there. Um, well, you never know. You just you could. It, it's 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 something to look forward to if the Lord tarries. <laughs> um, now I don't think there's gonna be like when I I believe that when we get to heaven, 
will probably all be around, look about the same age. That's what I really do believe. I believe we're going to kind of like be in this perfected body kind of deal. Um, and so I think that my personal opinion, this is my personal opinion, we don't have we don't have any evidence to prove either way, but is that we'll probably be somewhere in our mid to late 20s, which is the prime. Some people says our prime is my age, and I'm like, this is not my prime. All right, I know I'm not at my well, prime at 35. If we actually ate 36. the right way and exercised the right way and drank the water, uh, it the, probably hold on, would be. Hold on, I got a couple scriptures. Um, <laughs> bodily exercise profited little. Uh, rise and eat. Um, if you're reading the NLT or the NM message, uh, get up and make me a sandwich. Um, you know, like all these things, like these are very scriptural presidents that set forth in scripture and I don't want to break scripture. I want to honor scripture. I'm a person of, of the truth. And so if it tells me bo- bodily exercise profited little, I just want to, I want to, I want to be obedient to the word. Um, I mean, I guess we won't really be concerned of what age we are because yeah. we, we will all be in perfect bodies. Yeah. And you know what? All throughout scripture. You don't hear about people eating salads. You don't hear about people eating this. What you do is meat. Also, time is different in heaven, too. So how would age translate to be the same age? That's you true. Know, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, yeah. But throughout Scripture, you know, what I see a lot is they're eating meat. They're eating bread. These are my kind of diet right here. <laughs> no exercise. Take a nap. Rise up. I feel like eat. there has to be bread. There has to be. It's mentioned so much in scripture, like, and it, it's so, it's a metaphor, like, yep. so many metaphors. Um, I I mean, he's the bread of life, yeah. so it's, I mean, I don't know how you can have bread in scripture. And <laughs> because he is the bread, and we're going to. Yeah, <laughs> he is the bread, so there's going to be bread. Um, <laughs> now, and I don't think, I, I really don't think it's keto bread. Uh, I don't <laughs> think it's going to be keto bread. I don't think there's going to be no um, wraps. I don't think there's no garden wraps or deceptive corn wraps or anything like this. This is going to be bread. All right, it's going to be awesome. Now, some people's going to say, "Yeah, unleavened bread." Well, you can have your unleavened bread. I'm going to eat my soft, moist butter bread with bacon and cheese <laughs> and a fried egg on it. Um, I do wonder though about like the unclean, like all things are clean <laughs> if we pray for them. <laughs> True. I can keep using scripture. True, because I mean, I guess the uncleanness would have resulted after sin. Yep. So. yep. Stupid sin. <laughs> All right. That's why I can't eat bacon. I mean, hopefully the pigs will be restored. <laughs> All um, the animals will be uh, redeemed. Um. Well, I've enjoyed the conversation this morning. I really have. Um. I think. I think being able to conversate with people. Um. To be able to be a good witness. I think we talk a lot about confession, like, you know, life and death in the tongue. Because as James points out, the tongue is the most powerful weapon that our body possessed. It's the small thing that takes the whole ship. Um, And so that boat is run by what? A rudder, which is really small. And that points the boat wherever it needs to go. That's the way our tongue is. So just as what we say and confess about ourselves in a situation is true, I think also that how we talk to people, how we word things, what we say to people is important too. And he gives us the warning, don't let too much idle speech. You know, don't, you're going to be given account for the words. And I know people get tired of hearing it, but you only got so many words in your life. And I don't want to waste them with, um, you know, I'm all about joking. Everybody knows I joke a lot and I will crack jokes. 
but what I mean by idle speech is speech that's not profitable at all. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, laughter is a good medicine. So laughing is not a bad thing. But if all you do is sit there and talk about things that are unfounded, untrue, um, speculation, and you never talk of the truth. And I think that's where, you know, we should value the words that we have. Yeah. And I think we forget um, how much influence we have on other people, mm-hmm. especially being representatives of Jesus. Like, yeah. we, we are representing Jesus wherever we go. And I think we forget that. Like, there's little ones looking up to us. There's, mm-hmm. you know, there's children, especially because they're at a very, like, very important age where they're modeling everything that they do. Just like that story with Nolan. Like, mm-hmm. he looks up to Ethan a lot. And, like, Eliza, I know she looks up to me. Like, there's kids, but there's also, like, new believers there's also like you know even people your own age that just really look up look up to you like they're they're watching mm-hmm. and also i mean not only that they're watching but like there's certain people in my life that if they say something to me it it hurts worse than if just a stranger says it to me you know like people that you are in close relationship with or people that you respect when they say a word that really is confusing or you know hurts Mm -hmm. it's it it um hurts me or you know speaking for everyone but Mm -hmm. there's power in what we say and also you know someone who is known for how much they study the word and um respected for that if you say something that's not truth what what kind of you know what kind of example what kind of leadership is Mm -hmm. that not to be under condemnation but we do have an if you're a leader or if you're a parent or, I mean, really just anybody, if you have community at all, <laughs> if you're a person mm-hmm. that has any type of community, any relationships, I mean, it does matter what we say. Yeah. It affects people. And sometimes people can never unhear what you tell them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why it's always so important to use wisdom um, to really guide us in our vocabulary, our words, our conversation and being discerning. And then as well, too, like, you know, how we how we pray for something as we're praying, like how we're wording. What's the verbiage we're using? What are we praying over the people? Um, like a lot of people use prayer to be vindictive at times. Like, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to get them and I'm going to do it by prayer. I'm going to be nice, but I'm going to tell them, go get them, God, go get them. And I think we have to be careful on that, too. I think I yeah. think we have to be wise and discerning about how we pray and the words we use during our prayer. Oh, yeah, that's very serious. And even something else, just even when we're praying just with us and God, um, something Mary has really been teaching me lately with our live prayer and, you know, just the different prayer groups that we have um, is to be specific with your words when you're talking Mm -hmm. to God. Because sometimes (laughs) you can pray for something and you have the right heart about it and the Lord will answer. But sometimes that's not what you actually wanted to like. That's not what you actually specifically were meaning to pray for so there's been times when you know we've prayed for something not really specifically just like a vague prayer Mm -hmm. and the lord's answered but it wasn't in that specific way Mm -hmm. so like when we pray specifically for something a lot of times it's honestly helps us to see confirmation from the lord Mm -hmm. it helps us to build our faith with the Mm -hmm. lord um and it it just eliminates all of those other things when we're specific with our prayers too Yes. Amen. And so I think we should just like, you know, being specific, um, praying the right way, 
praying the right verbiage, praying the right word. And I'm not trying to make this religious. It's just the let the intent of the heart, the intent of the prayer is pure. Mm-hmm. Like we should always have edification in mind. Like even if we're praying for a lost person, it's so that they should know him. And, and I think I love that the Lord and his sovereignty knew that we needed that scripture. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spiritual things in high places because it's so quick for us to put a face on everything. Mm-hmm. And this is what we've got to do. Even in a, you know, I have, I have strong political views. But I had to back away from the, some of that just because it was creating such a division in my own heart that I was struggling to pray, preach, and reach out to the people of the opposite political views. And even though I'm never going to back down from my political views, and I'm not going to apologize for them, um, you know, I'm some of these things, when we say political views, I, I call them cultural issues. And some of them are just issues of sin anyways. You know, how we feel about the LGBTQ. I, I love, but I don't condone. Yeah. I abortion I hate I detest and so when I have people completely on the opposite spectrum trying to shove these things down my throat it was like fight 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 and what I found was that I was wrestling against flesh and blood Mm -hmm. that I was honestly in in essence creating circular arguments that was not profitable that was never edifying that created division and hostility and really, my time was much more profitable spent. God opened their eyes, opened their spiritual eyes. I could sit there and argue for three hours with somebody about abortion. But if they're deceived and they're delused, delusional, me saying the right word at the right season is probably, it's going to have an impact. Mm-hmm. But the greatest that's going to the greatest way that I have impact is if my prayer life behind it is right and yeah. I, my heart is right and I'm being wise and I'm being patient. But you got to remember at the end of the day when we, I want to say this, as as important as we've made conversation be, there's no conversation that we can create that will do what God alone is supposed to do. Yes. And we have to remember that we are to love the people. Mm-hmm. And I see so much with politics. Like, I don't see love. I see people that just hate the issue so much that they, they value the issue more than they value the person. Mm-hmm. And God isn't that way. God loves even the ones who are getting abortions. He loves them, and he wants them to, to repent. He wants them to be saved and to change the trajectory of their whole life, to be transformed. Mm-hmm. Um, it just reminded me, have you ever watched that show, or there's a movie, too? It's called Encounter. Um, and it ha- it, I don't think so. It's basically like Jesus appears to mm-hmm. people in everyday life. Um, and there's a movie, and so, like, all of the, basically, Jesus, like, orchestrated all of these people to show up at the same place, at this diner, at the same time, because he basically saved them. He put stumbling blocks in their path to save them from actually dying that night. Mm. They were all, they were all driving, and it was like a storm was going on, and he basically led them all to this place because they would have died if he wouldn't have done that. So he was giving them, like, you know, having a divine meeting with them and giving them a chance to repent and meet with him. So he shows up, he, like, shows up at a person and meets yeah and um they're all like all the different people have different kind of issues with their relationship or some of them are not saved and some of them are but they all have these bones to pick kind of with jesus like they all have these reasons why they're angry with him kind of and um they they all have different political views different life experiences all of this and there's this one person that he's just really angry 
about everything. And he starts talking about, he's basically trying to say, like, well, if you're God, then why do you allow this? Why mm-hmm. do you allow this? And he's like, and so if if, if you're God and, and you stand and you're just, then I think one of the things he said actually was, then why did you allow this person to go blow up an abortion clinic? Mm. Why did you allow this person to go bomb an abortion clinic? Um, because obviously he knew that Jesus doesn't stand for abortions. Like that's totally against his word. But something that I love that he said was, and throughout all the situations that like, you know, in the movie, Jesus was saying like, I, I was speaking as loud as I could in their ear to stop, 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 please don't do this. But at the end of the day, he was explaining like, everybody has free will. Like I, I speak and I s- scream like, don't do this, don't do this. But something he was saying was, I didn't tell that person to go blow up the abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. And I love that he said that because he was saying, I love those people. I hate, I hate the sin, but I love those people and I want them to turn around and give their life to me. Mm-hmm. And so I love that because I think like on each side of the political realm, like, the other side just assumes that, like, they kind of count out Jesus because they think that Jesus is reflected in, like, people who aren't representing Jesus well. Um, so people who get so caught up in the sin and they don't love the people, they automatically assume, oh, well, Jesus m- must not love people because of this group who isn't representing him well. But I just loved that because it's you're seeing both sides of Jesus. You're seeing that he is just and he hates the sin. He hates abortion, but he also loves and he warns and he tries with everything in his power to persuade and draw us to him, mm-hmm. you know. So, I don't know. It's a good show if anybody wants to watch yeah. it. It's called Encounter. But Well, let me get caught up on a couple text messages before. Um, one listener says that they're happy they get to hear all the way up from Illinois. So, praise the Lord. Amen. Um, and enjoying the word this morning. Great wisdom. Thank you. Thank you so much for the response. Um, we love you guys very much. Uh, Greg Carwile said he will take my place here Thursday, Friday morning um, while I'm at Hardy's. He said he'll come <laughs> in, and he said the presence of the Lord is going to be thick in that room. Amen. Hey, I we'd agree. Love to have, we have an extra um, chair. Then we've got, well, uh, Josh Newton said I'm in, so I think that's probably over at Hardy's. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, good stuff this morning. Thank you guys so much for joining in this, this week with us here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. Praying for your churches this weekend, praying for your pastors, um, praying for fire to fall, for the glory of God to hover and to come, and that we would be consumed with his presence and be consumed with our um, our, our one desire is to see him in all of his beauty, that we may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our life and behold his beauty in the temple. Amen? Amen. Hannah, any closing words for the week? Um. Well, I don't really know how this relates to anything, but I really like this verse that Megan Fortner shared on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in Second Chronicles, which I'm going to be honest, I don't read Chronicles very often, <laughs> but um, I really like this. Um, so it's, you know, it's uh, Second Chronicles 2015, and it's uh, talking about King Jehoshaphat, but it says, uh, this is what the Lord says, do not be afraid, don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but, but God's. Yeah. And I love that. The battle is not yours, but it's mine, saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We love you guys. We'll be back Monday morning here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.